This is Earspoon, your home for the shit you're thinking anyway. Hey everybody, welcome to the Earspoon, I am Fish. And I'm Steve. And this is where you will get all the information that you will ever need to know to uh, ever there was. It's April, all you need to April. Live. April Fool's Day. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the closest we can come to yeah. a funny and a joke. Uh, we can dump some truth on them. Like All right. Mo- like Mocha Joe's being the best coffee ever there were. Fine, fine coffee. It is fine coffee. I don't it, drink otherwise. No. Yeah. Just I spit it out. If I say, this isn't a Mocha Joe's, I spit it right out. Spit it on the ground. Tui, Won't have it. That's what you do for not, not, not making me drink fair trade coffee. There you go. There you go. Stuff. So you can find out more about Mocha Joe's by going to their website, mochajoes.com. Find the cool logo with the swag. Order up. They deliver. There you go. All right. And uh, joining the program right out of the gate with us today is Tom Scuteri from Talk Media News. Hey, Tom. Hi. Happy Monday, guys. Uh, you don't mean that, but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. but we'll take it. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, <laughs> let's rip the head right off this demon, and uh, and get and get straight into it um, without mincing any words. Uh, so the Mueller report came out. Um, what? First, yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It came out um, quick. Um, thumbs up or thumbs down? Did it help Trump or did it hurt Trump? Uh, I don't think it uh, hurt Trump. I don't know if it helps Trump. I mean, it helps Trump only with his supporters, but he didn't need help with them. Uh, as, as I often say, if you look at the Mueller report by itself, you're going to make a mistake. And I've been a long advocate of remembering why there was a Mueller report. Mm. The Mueller report was to see what kind of Russian influence there was in the 2016 election, and then anything that subsequently they uncovered. That's exactly what it appears to have done. The fact that Trump was able to frame this as an investigation into him and possible collusion from the beginning uh, made it a success for him if they didn't find that. And I don't believe that the Mueller was ever Mueller report was ever going to find that. Um, I also, you know, I have I'm very I'm very you know, pragmatic about these things. Uh, how how Washington is ignorant of the whole call, so-called long game. Right. Mueller is not uh, Mueller is aware of the long game here. If you look at how he has sort of sent out information to the Eastern District in New York, the Southern District in Manhattan, the Eastern District of Virginia, and there's others, to continue investigating different aspects of what his investigation had touched upon, uncovered, got leads on, got wind of. Uh, I think that, excuse me, in the longer run, if there's anything more to come out, meaning about President Trump or his associates, it will come from those jurisdictions. And in many regards, it's better for that to happen because they already can go to a grand jury and indict people right away, as opposed to wait around to see if the Mueller report, quote unquote, is going to do the indicting. Okay. So then, then, so that that has been kind of my take on the whole thing. That it, exactly what you said was. I don't know that it helped him. I don't know that it hurt him. Um, and I think the only place that it may have done was had his supporters kind of dig in a little deeper, uh, dig their heels in a little deeper, and be a little bit more, uh, you know, maybe maybe spit-shine their MAGA hats and, and go out a little bit more more emboldened sorry, into the universe. spit-shine? Well, I think you're right about that. I think that the emboldened word actually comes up in my thinking on this as well. It certainly will embolden President Trump to be even more of how he is um, leading up to the election. 
Yeah, and this yeah, is, of course, the fact that you think if he wins re-election, how then it'll be even more emboldened, he and his supporters. I think it makes his supporters more emboldened to do whatever they want to do, ranging from attacks on Democrats to attacks on the journalists to attacks on anything else. Okay, or shooting but, at mosques uh, and things like that. So Whatever, you know they feel emboldened to do yeah. right. uh, this will say see you took our best shot at us and you didn't get anything right again i don't agree with that i don't think that mm. was the approach but that's how it was shaped in the media as well so you know um he, he can reap the rewards of it all right so um with that now the report's been out and uh and i guess there have been a couple of sentences that have been uh, released by the man who who Trump uh, hired to release <laughs> said and control the narrative, but now 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 they are um, now, now they're looking to subpoena. Uh, what does that mean? If you, uh, I think it means that uh, you'll, you'll have a protracted fight over getting the Mueller report, and if it ever gets to Congress, it'll be in some hybrid form that really won't tell us anything more than the four page. Cliff Notes summary of it all. Right. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know what's in the Mueller report. Of course, I haven't seen it. And unless I saw the entire thing, I'd be skeptical of the conclusions. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm not a partisan at all on this. I just, I just look at strategy and pragmatism, and right. I look at how people who don't like President Trump have engaged in activities since he was voted into office and became president of the United States. If your goal is to not have him as president, pick that as your goal for 2020 and work toward that goal. Uh, and you shouldn't rely on things like an investigation that you don't know how it's going to turn out. Um, president Trump is liberated from this, and so are his supporters, because they never thought they were going to win the election, no matter what they say. And they won, and President Trump carries on as he has in his public life and has been able to do so. I mean, quite frankly, you know, Congress hasn't done much to prevent that. And and nor has uh, anyone else except for a few courts. So you know they don't. They've been emboldened since day one, and all this you know talk about the resistance and this and that. It doesn't mean anything unless you have a plan. They had a plan for 2016, and it looked look what happened. If you're a Democrat or you don't like President Trump, it worked. You know they they took control of the House of Representatives. Sure, they lost a little bit of the edge in the Senate, but that's numbers against them. But that was a plan in 2016, and Nancy Pelosi and the others who orchestrated that plan did a good job. 2020 is a much larger battlefield, much more intense game. If you wish, it's more of a Super Bowl as opposed to a playoff. And they have to, they, whoever, those who won't, don't want President Trump in office, they need to think about that in real pragmatic terms. You know, I have a lot of respect having covered Washington for a long time for members of House and Senate of both parties. Nadler, Congressman Nadler, is one of them. I think he's a smart, dedicated public servant. Uh, he'll subpoena things and he'll try his best to put them into the public. But there's been a lot of things put into the public. You know, the, the Adam Schiff, the, the intelligence committee chairman, I don't know if you saw his recital oh, last yeah. week saying, <laughs> you know, I mean, that alone was all fact. All right. fact. And, and that alone was, I don't want to use the word indictment, but that was a very good catalog, shall we say, of things that have happened that voters normally should be concerned about. And none of that, I think, moves any pres 
supporter of President Trump. No, and, I would agree so that's with your, that. that. That's your dilemma. I don't mean to be going on and on here. No, but that's your no. dilemma if you're a Democrat or a progressive or a conservative who doesn't like President Trump either. There are conservatives who don't like what he's doing. Uh, believe you know, and so that's your dilemma that you have these catalog of things that have happened. They're not contested, mm. yet it doesn't move. President Trump from the 42, 46% favorable rating he gets. So if you don't mind me distilling that down to some a different level of brass tacks, what we're basically saying <laughs> <Your show>. is... <laughs> but what, what shocks me in some ways as a 57-year-old human who's been in this country his whole life is that we're now not talking about differences of philosophical or political opinion or morals, etc. We're talking about people who utterly reject facts and reason versus those who don't. And this is what we're describing as a presidential election, electing the chief of the executive branch to say, do you like facts and real things or do you prefer fantasy and propaganda? And this is what the so-called greatest country in the world is discussing and going to discuss in 2020. And that makes me want to throw up. You know, I I was thinking about this this morning in in the wake of President Trump's declaration that he may cut off aid to three Central American nations, or as Fox News put it, three Mexican, three Mexican countries. Mexican <laughs> I mean, that's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, sort of. Uh, you know, yeah. I just think that shows no understanding of what that money is supposed to be used for, which is to improve democratic tendencies within the military and the government of those countries, right. as well as to mitigate economic circumstances that cause people to leave those countries. Now, I'm open, and I understand, and I probably agree with the general consensus that that could be a more effective, that people could be more effective in those countries with that money, how they spend it, that's happening today. I think it could be better done. I don't, I'm not, you know, believing otherwise. But cutting it off only exacerbates the problem. What this is is a government of confrontation for confrontation's sake without a plan to do anything positive. I will take the North Korea gamble out of that equation because, you know, President Trump, for whatever he is, stands for or doesn't stand for, I give him credit for trying something different with North Korea. It hasn't really worked yet. It hasn't failed yet. So I'm going to give him, you know, I'm going to give him, you know, a credit on that for trying something new because nothing else had been working with North Korea. That being said, the whole thing about shutting down the border with Mexico, uh, <laughs> you know, do the whole thing of cutting off funds, Irritating NATO allies. It, it just it's just a foreign policy that the word policy is generously being used. Yeah, exactly right. And so what we've got here is people throwing rocks at snakes, you know, and, and saying, "I wonder what happens if we do this." And that is not what you call a protracted, grown-up, mature approach to policy shaping. And in a, in a world that's a freaking tinderbox with everybody lighting matches, this buffoon, in my view, is running about the world shaking everybody's cage, saying, how do they respond? How do they respond? But let, the- let, let, me, let me just throw this out there. And, and this is what I have found over and over again with this administration is that they will constantly do things to distract, detract, while I feel like it's a constant shell game, you know? I mean, so he's, yeah. today he announces he's going to cut off foreign aid to El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala, you know. Oh, but, you know, d- don't worry. He'll probably toss them some paper towels before we're done. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I feel like then, all right, so while everybody's scurrying over to look at that, 
what else is he trying to do? Right. You know, is this has does this have something to do with the Dems uh, wanting to subpoena the 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 Mueller report? Is this is this just a little smoke and mirrors game? I mean, I you know I I don't know. I've I've become this. I've never been a conspiracy theory kind of minded kind of guy, but I think I have been forced in this particular administration to kind of think in this in this in this line of thought. Now I know that was a statement. There's really nothing there for you to answer. <laughs> your thoughts, Tom? Yeah, but uh, I mean, no, I, I think it, you know your statement stands by what you said, and and uh, you know the, the idea of it being a shell game. I think is a really good analogy. That's you know it's always designed to to shock, to distract, to keep people off balance. And at, at you know at the end of two years, what has he uh, achieved? I think that they're you know the NATO nations are spending more money. They probably would have. He could have pressured them. See, one of the things President Trump had to his advantage when he came in is that, indeed, he was unknown. And, and that, that made him dangerous to others in a, in a good way for America. So if he tells NATO allies privately that, listen, you know, you've heard me on the campaign trail. you guys got to spend more money on defense. It's as simple as that. And I'm going to give you until, whatever, 2020 to do it or 2019 to do it. And if you don't, I'm going to call you out on it. Right. And he, people would know he would do that, okay? You don't have to publicly berate them and then get them to do it and then sort of take credit like, like he does all the time for it. Uh, he's not a diplomat at all. No. And, you know, a lot of Americans like the fact that he calls out people and talks tough because they wish they could do that. And they can in their own little ways. But incident after incident, and the Washington Post doesn't do this anymore, but during President Trump's first year in office, they sort of listed everything each week, what we missed that his administration has done. Mm -hmm. And it was horrible stuff. And this whole thing about uh, the security clearances, which the new report came out today about how he overrode at least 25, according to a whistleblower on mm -hmm. who's on the record, right. uh, you know, talking on the record. It's not like some mystery person. Right. And these are 25 or so. Don't even count the ones for Kushner and Ivanka. No um, you know, that's a very troubling thing. And there was one interlude in that where, they were granted, this is my word, these are my words now, like temporary approval while their, pro, while their full approval was being processed. So in other words, they were able to look at classified materials before they even were approved, even with a waiver. So, you know, and knowing the reputation of the business dealings of people in this administration, it's, it's troubling both on a moral and ethical point of view as well as a national security point of view. But, oh, and then the final thing is, you know, one of the whistleblowers is a woman who's who's short, okay? Yeah, dwarfism. They knew she was well, okay, okay. So she was short, yeah. and so they would put the files high up so she couldn't reach them, just as right. just as being a How childish you know, is whatever this? you want to call it. <laughs> well, childish is a polite way of putting it, but yeah. it's live radio, so I don't want to. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> but I no, mean, so actually, Tom, let me just let me just correct you. It's a podcast, so you, you know, you want. <laughs> you know, fucking damn the torpedoes. Well, I, I, you know, I feel the is okay. Yeah, but I mean, I yeah. just think that that just really tells you the nature of people. Yeah, in that that they knew that they could do that and get away with it, and probably share a good chuckle with their friends. Right. Yeah, it's a, it, it, it's West Wing. It's this whole thing, and, and like I said, you can ask Steve. I knew Steve was much more of a conspiracy theory guy, and and I I was never. I was just like, no, nah, we live in a fact based society, and this is going back a couple of years. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, people still believe in facts. When people say no, that's not blue, then you show them a picture of it that, that proves that it wasn't blue, and they go, oh, 
Oh, my, my mistake. So but you update it, your opinion. At yeah, that so point. you update your opinion. Right. But now we don't live here. So every we don't live in that world anymore. We we literally live in a thing where you can show somebody a picture of something red and they'll insist it's still blue yeah. because because this this guy in the White House says it was and and it just it's this constant distraction uh, the subpoena thing. So let's say let, let let's bring this back to um, the the Dems subpoena the Mueller report the Mueller report again shows something that is far more damning than what he said does it move the needle on anything so if it says that he look again it may move the needle for some silent sufferers okay in the republican party (laughs) some silent sufferers who are conservatives it doesn't move the needle for any of the trump's core supporters and i don't think anything will i truly believe that what president trump as a candidate said I, I'm not going to quote him actively this because I, but he said something to the fact that I could murder somebody on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. He's absolutely correct among his supporters. He has clearly and accurately read the support of his of his base, and that base is not going to move no matter what happens. I, I can't even. I would. I couldn't even guess now to what he would have to do to lose the support of his base. And I mean that sincerely. Yeah. And he can explain away everything uh, away to them or, or blame the Democrats that he is a reaction to the Democrats mm-hmm. and get away with it. And I'm use, I use those words carefully because after the, rec, the recitation by Congressman, you know, I talked about last Wednesday, of all the things that we know as fact, those alone should be troubling to any American. And they're not. So... You know, you know, you have to presume if you're running against President Trump as the Democratic nominee, if there is one, it remains standing after all the mm. inner fighting. Uh, you know, that you're going to have to realize that you have a there's a solid chunk of, the, of voters in the United States, who maybe not a majority, but who are going to go there and vote for President Trump and vote against any Democrat anywhere on the ballot. So, so you better have a strategy to run that you maximize your turnout in the states that you need to win. And appeal to people who don't have any critical thinking skills whatsoever. And that's really what we're looking for. The middle third is always the ones who, who make the you know the deciding vote, so to speak. I think that middle third is a lot smaller than the third these days. That's, that's I agree. I wholly uh, agree with you. I'm going to get going in a couple minutes. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. We should uh, wrap it up. But let me just throw in, you mentioned a couple times that how troubling this is and how troubling that is. And I think, I again, I come back to this, and there's a part of me that just wants to punt on politics all, o- all overall and say we are living in a country that is psychiatrically disturbed in a massive numbers and almost like uh, – a plague of sorts where people really actually don't attend to thinking, deductive reasoning, facts, and evidence. And there's a part of me that says, what are we trying to save here, really? You know, if that's how it is, if a third of the country or more is polluted in that way and their thinking skills reach that level, I don't want to play anymore. I'm out. Well, I think that, you know, to me, uh, you know, everyone has their own thoughts about it. I, I, I go back to when I was a kid in Augustine Junior High School, which was now called Middle School, right. and we were learning about the start of the country and how the Alexander Hamilton cautioned about mob rule and you know how he wanted to have sort of constraints on the democracy. And I thought, oh, how wrong is that? You know, <laughs> yeah. how long was that? Right. How long was that? You know, the people and throughout our history, he was proven up, up to a point incorrect that indeed. There were enough able and careful and considerate leaders in the country to move enough of the population 
to do what most people would say is the right thing. It took a while, but it sort of happened. Well, now I'm starting to think that Hamilton may may have been right. So you're not going to move that group of people who are now part of this trouble. And I've mentioned this before, and I do got to go, but it's particularly troubling to me as a reporter who who was a foreign correspondent for a long time, reporting from nations that were led by despots, and I saw how they slid to that, become that, and believing, oh, it never could happen here. And I see the same seeds, you know, that are not just planted now, but sprouting in a lot of places. And it's very, very troubling. And I realized that, you know, once you start down that slide, uh, it's hard to reverse it. Right. Well... Um, all right, Tom, guys, have a great April Fool's Day. Too yeah, bad we can't right, say yeah. this is all a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were just kidding about all of that. Yeah, that was so, all a big joke. Yeah. Thanks Tom, for your time, Tom. Take care. Cheers. Bye. All right, there he goes, Tom Squitari <laughs> from Talk Media News. Um, yeah, just a lot there, and uh, the the April Fool's uh, the April Fool's show, I guess, in the books. Uh, only unfortunately, see, we don't get to say it was all a joke. Uh, you know, well, honestly, this is what I'm waking to every day. Things that were inconceivable to me, and this is. Said by somebody who was already cynical in, during the Reagan years yeah. <laughs> and who would cut his teeth on Watergate. I thought, how much worse can it get? When Bush and Cheney were elected, I thought, how much worse can it, it get? It can't get any worse and than so that. And so now I'm trying to fast forward 10 or 15 years. I'm thinking, oh, oh. I don't know if I can remain here. Yeah. Well, there is that piece. But uh, all right. Well, that l- l- let's bring it in from a landing right there. And uh, we want to thank Mocha Joe's for sponsoring the podcast, of course. <laughs> And you can get this podcast wherever you download your podcast or just go and make it nice and easy where there's a bunch of other podcasts for you to enjoy. Right. TheEarspoon.com. There's tons of them. Not just our thing. Not just our thing, but tons of them. All right. Uh, I've been Fish. I've been Steve. Peace out. Cheers. More at TheEarspoon.com.